Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or multi-layered issue. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. We also seek leaders who share their own personal stories that may help in your world. Shonda Smith-Baker is here today. She's an expert in cultural and organizational transformation and serves as president of Smith-Baker. Prior to running her own firm, she was chief impact officer at the Minneapolis Foundation, a $1 billion community foundation in the Twin Cities. Shonda joins us as she finds herself at the intersection of various milestones. She's here for the case file I call Empty Nest, Full Life. One thing not on Shonda's resume is the fact she's built an incredible career while raising four boys and a daughter. As they become young adults and launch their own independence, Shonda is navigating an empty nest. According to the 2020 U.S. Census, it's a not-so-exclusive club of about 22.5 million people. Shonda, life must have changed for you as your kids started moving out. I'm guessing a mix of emotions. Absolutely. And as each one left, the house became a little bit different. And I started thinking about what it might be like when they were all gone. And now I'm at that point. First of all, let's talk about this. Four boys and a daughter, five kids in general, but four of those being boys. I mean, that's a lot of testosterone running around your house. In fact, it was. (laughs) My daughter said everything is boys, boys, boys. And um, the uniqueness is each of them and how you parent each of them has taught me so much about teamwork. And it has translated for sure into my work life. And that's another thing. I mean, people, at least in the Twin Cities community, know you for some pretty big efforts and movements. But you haven't really talked a lot publicly about raising these five children. So before we get on to too much else, I'm sure the parents out there and parents-to-be would love some tips on just balancing that in and around a dynamic career. One of the lessons I learned really early is that if I separate work life from home life, that it became too stressful so that I included them in the work that I was doing, particularly in community bringing them into the conversations and to the challenges that I was having, asking their advice, telling them that the house works when we all work in the house. So they will tease me on how early they were doing laundry, how early they were contributing to making everyday work in the house. And so they have been contributors to everything that I've done in community. Many of their ideas are embedded in the ones that showed up publicly. Well, that's really wonderful, too, that you gave them a voice. You wanted their opinion Mm -hmm. in your work. And they often saw some of that play out in real time. That's really incredible. Absolutely. And you can see it now as they're growing up. There are many of them are really involved even in our local community in visible ways. And I'm really happy that the legacy of service is continuing through the lives that they're living. Sometimes the term empty nest gets a bad rep. How should we think of that term? For me, I'm looking at it as a way to transform how I identify. And I was a mother at 21 years old. My adult identity has been formed by being a mother. But I'm my own woman, right? And so there's a little bit of an identity crisis that I have been going through as they have exited the home. And so for me, there's an opportunity as they've launched to think about how I launched differently. And it's been actually an incredible opportunity to see my future, to build it, and to dream it. Tell us a little bit more about that identity crisis. And I bet a lot of people 
would not believe that someone as confident as you and accomplished as you could even say that term? Man, <laughs> I, yeah, identity crisis because my days were wrapped around both work and figuring out what they were doing, right? Somewhat of controlling the day, right? Like, what are you eating? What are you doing? Who are you with? And then they move, and I still want to ask those same questions. But they're not there in your presence either. They're not there in their presence, and I'm not there in their presence, and they don't want me asking those questions because now they're grown. And so what do you mean? In what that do you mean, bu- mind your own business? <laughs> mind your own business, or you don't want me in that information. And so what my role is for them has evolved. It's evolved for them, and that was hard. That was very hard. And so there is a reshaping of what it means in my relationships with them, therefore in my relationship with me, in my relationship with what it looks like to work. And so part of even my recent transition has been, what can I dream differently when I don't have to shape so much of my world around kids that live at home? And what was or what is their age range? 30 to 18. Wow, that's a big age range and a lot of different stages even among the five kids. That's right. But it also must be pretty joyous to see them out there living life. It is. It is the life that they share with me. Right? Yeah, that's the parts they tell you about. <laughs> right. So often, too, we find women, adults who have parents, so not only women, but there's the caregiver role. So that could be for your children. It could be for your parents. How do you balance that also now being an owner of your own company and really an owner of your own destiny? In 2020, I faced that head on when I was caring for my mother in hospice. And the sandwich generation meant a whole new thing. As I was thinking about what it meant, even in my role as a people manager, I understood it more completely. Your worries transcend what I could ever imagine that they would. I'm entering in territory that I did not know how to manage, the vulnerability of my mother, the vulnerability of myself in front of my children, when I have managed most places in a way that I felt like I was in command of and in complete confidence. And here I am watching my mother transcend into becoming an ancestor. I was in crisis while I needed to command really authority in the work that I was doing while our community was in crisis. And what a switch because really that mother now needs the care from her daughter. Exactly. And that emotional crisis, really, that you go through that I think is very personal also. No one can really solve for that. It was personal. I had, in that year, a college graduate and a high school graduate. During the pandemic, they were at home. They were grieving not only their grandmother, but the loss of their senior years. There was a lot to manage while working through a crisis in this community, and that was my role. The convergence of crisis during that time was unmatched, and I hope I never see it again. Right. Well, we at the Crisis Files hope you never see that again, (laughs) too. All of us, in fact. What are some of your biggest lessons that came out of that multi-layered crisis for yourself? You know, I think about the Whitney Houston uh, song, I Didn't Know My Own Strength. I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know the community that cared for us collectively, that showed up, put food on our tables, that came and helped me care for my mother. I understood the juxtaposition between joy and pain, the opportunity to laugh 
and find joy in the hardest time of my life was so present that I didn't have to just sit in sorrow. And I could do that without guilt. Relationships were rekindled, friendships. It was a really special time. And to watch my mother smile as she was transcending into her new life without us was a gift that I will never forget and I was so glad to be present for. And there sounds like there was some strength in that just slowing down and going through that process with her or by her side. And I would not have done that had it not been for the pandemic. I wouldn't have. What are some things that employers can do to help families, to help individuals who they might not even realize are going through these multi-layered crises at home, or maybe they know you're a parent. What could they do to help you as a parent? You're now an employer. You have your own business. What are some beacons that guide you in this area? I have developed a practice over many years of just asking my team to just check in. No work. How are you? What is happening in your life that we need to be aware of? And I do that because if you have something that's stressing you in your life, then how you show up every day will be identifiable, right? Like you might not respond as quickly to an email. You might respond more short. You might be quieter than usual. You might be isolating. But if we understand what is happening, then we'll understand the behavior. And we won't make assumptions about why. And then we can stand in the gap for you. And that's what teaming is about. That's how I check in. And I think if we do more of those types of things where we're not just looking at what is a task in front of us, but how can we be better for the team? How can we care for our teammate? It helps in the long run build trust. And building trust helps the team move. Yeah, we've talked about trust on the Crisis Files. It's a continuing topic for us. It's so important. You really don't have anything if you don't have trust. What about employees who say, well, that sounds great, Shonda, but I'm a little fearful of being that vulnerable. I don't know that I want my coworkers to know what's going on with my parents, with my kids, even with my own mental health. And I've certainly have had team members that have done that, and they don't disclose what. They just say, I have a lot going on at home. And that's acceptable. And that is absolutely acceptable. And what I learned during the period of time that I was caring for my mother is the team that I had collectively had 19 members of their families that were hit by the COVID crisis. Had I not known that, I would have expected the same levels of productivity. I would not have understood the collective grief that we were living through. I would have only been concentrating on my own. I would have felt isolated, like I was the only one going through something. And to find out that, in fact, I'm not the only one going through something. So the check-ins can help the employees and the boss. And the boss. It helps the entire team. The reality is, is that everyone has something going on below the iceberg. That's the reality. Multiple things sometimes. Multiple things. There's always something going on underneath. And when you create teams and when you have a workplace that is psychologically safe, you will find out enough to know how to support the people that work with you and for you. I love what you're saying because it really points to something that's near and dear to me, and that is communicating. It is really the foundation and the umbrella for everything we do. I actually take issue when people call communication skills soft skills because you really need to know how to communicate 
in family life, in the workplace, in your communities, you get really nowhere if you can't communicate and communicate in a way your audiences really can hear you, feel you, see you, perceive you, receive you, right? That is right. I love your tip for these check-ins. I think we could probably even run those across the board to family. That would be a wonderful weekly thing to do with the kids, with your spouse, uh, anyone else that's part of your family, what you call family. We started our conversation talking about the empty nest. It turns out it's a relative term. Pew Research found nearly half of U.S. adults age 18 to 29 were living with one or more parents in 2022, down slightly from the height of the pandemic. How does parenting an adult look to you? Because you've got some adults, if not all are now adults, right? The youngest Mm -hmm. is 18. What is that like compared with the 5, 10, 12-year-old you used to parent? Yeah, you move from telling to advising. (laughs) (laughs) You go from you better answer my call to I hope they call. (laughs) Um, You observe their lives through the lens of what you imagined for them. And I can watch them now, and I'm reminded of how they were when they were little. You know, I have one that is an incredible networker, and he was running around asking for business cards when he was like four, (laughs) right? I have one that was in the kindergarten classroom, and he would just move his chair because he would need his own little time out. Right. And he on his own, on his own. He was just like, I'm done with all this activity. And he still takes his little time out. And he's just an incredible person. And my daughter was, you know, watching Michael Jackson videos and putting on shows. And now she's a creator to be able to say as much as I wanted this. They have marched their own beat from the very beginning and to watch it evolve in the way that I have hoped, but in ways that I've never imagined is just a gift. It sounds so wonderful. You sound like an amazing mother, an amazing parent, and now this advisor to these five adult children. We wish you well at The Crisis Files. Thank you so much, Shonda Smith-Baker, for your insights. Listen to more of her on her podcast, Conversations with Shonda. This case file is sponsored by the Mall of America. Number one, your role as parent evolves. As Shonda says, you may go from telling to advising. Number two, key transitions such as launching your kids into adulthood now give you the opportunity to relaunch or reimagine your own life. Number three, make a practice of the check-in at work or at home. When you know your colleagues have things going on behind the scenes, you give everyone an opportunity for grace. If you enjoy The Crisis Files, I encourage you to check out Mall of America's new podcast, So Much More. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. On So Much More, you hear real stories of the mall, how it started, and why it continues to thrive. Go behind the scenes with restaurateurs and legacy brands, from business leaders to professional wrestlers. You might even catch a certain The Crisis Files podcast host, but I'm not dropping names. If you're an adventurer, an entrepreneur, a dreamer, or a power shopper, check out Mall of America's podcast, so much more. Thank you to our podcast producer, Kim Inslee, and audio engineer, Tom Hamilton. 
please rate and review The Crisis Files on your platform of choice so others can listen for crisis prevention information. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.